0: Welcome, everyone, to the Great Scott Podcast. Mike has a special sports episode for you today as he speaks with Major League Baseball pitcher High Cohen. High was signed by the New York Yankees at the age of 17 in 1948. He ultimately ended up in the Cubs system, playing with Sparky Anderson and later with Ernie Banks. Mike and High talk about his baseball career, his life after baseball, and what he's been up to lately. Hi. Uh, first question here. Uh, you well, well. You basically started in baseball at a very young age. Um, you got into the major leagues when you were 17 years old, and ended up in the Cubs system um, back in 1948, I think it was. Uh, what was baseball like back then, as opposed to today? Would you
1: say?
2: Well, uh, well, Michael. Let me have a bit straight, straighten you on on that because let me start you. Uh, I, I started when I was 17 years old. I got out of high school at, at 17. Uh, I actually I played football. My high school did not have a baseball team, and so I played football. <clears throat> but I played uh, baseball in the sandlots around Brooklyn, and 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 uh, I, I was scouted by about three different teams: the the Giants. The Yankees and the Dodgers, and so so so, I'm in, so what happened was I originally I signed with the Yankee organization at seventeen, wow. and then well, and, and they, they sent me 2 D balls to to pitch you know in the minor leagues. When I did get to the major leagues, I got to the major leagues when I was twenty four, when I was with the Cubs. So let me tell you how I got into the Cup organization. Sure. So the first 2 years I played at a place called Lagrange Georgia. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I played in a place in the south. I've been in the south a lot. Uh as you see uh, if you go through my career. Uh and <clears throat> I uh, I was there for 2 years. After 2 years the Yankee organization didn't push me up into minor leagues. You know, they had these minor league uh uh drafts and all that sure. stuff at that time. And so they only pushed me up to B-ball instead of going to A-ball. Well, a Cubs scout evidently saw what I had to do, you know, in two years in B-ball. They showed I had maybe, uh, you know, looked like a prospect. And so the Cubs drafted me. So they pulled me out of a D ball to A-ball at Grand Rapids. But I got to tell you an experience I had in D-Ball, which was like a, a, an epiphany for me. Because, you know, I was only 17 years old and I was 18 years old. When I was there the second year, I, I happened to face Rudy York. I don't know how you're familiar with that name. Who is it? Rudy York.
0: Rudy York. I can't say I am.
2: <clears throat> he was the guy that was hit hitting, hitting in front of Hank Greenberg with the he was a big home run hitter and big, he, he, he was a great ball player. I remember him when I was a kid, and here I am facing him in this town of Griffin, Georgia, where it was his old town. Evidently, he was—he—he he, was just you know playing baseball just for the hell of it here. And I faced him uh, with a bases loaded situation and a three and zero count on him, and then I threw three straight fastballs and struck him out. <laughs> and I said to myself, "Holy cow, maybe I could pitch in a big week. You know what I'm saying? The <laughs> epiphany that I had there at that time, and that—that that was my experience in D-ball. I had, you know, I didn't have winning records there, but I pitched well, according to you know, scouting reports and all scouting, that. Yeah. So then I went to Chicago. Then I went to the Grand Rapids, and I had a pretty good year there uh, in, in 1950. Uh, in '51, the Cubs sent me to Des Moines. Well, well no, they, well, really, what happened was they gave me a AAA contract with the Angels, the Los Angeles Angels. But they saw I was only about 20 years old, or whatever, you know, when I was a young kid. And uh, I played with a guy named Max West. And well, oh, somebody, I forget, you're 27 years old, aren't you? Yeah,
0: I'm actually 28.
2: But it, it, well, anyway, so these guys. So, uh, is it right to give you what, what I'm doing now, or yeah, absolutely? Oh, okay. Uh, I know you can edit all this stuff later on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, so what happened? So I went to Los Angeles, and I went to spring training with them. Uh, and I, as I said, we played with some I, some big ball players that when I was a, I was when I was a kid, I looked up to them, Max West and guys like that. Uh, anyway, they sent me down to Des Moines, and, and I had a real good year at Des Moines. And uh, uh, I, now you got me on Wikipedia. I think it was in that year, 1950, that I led the league in ERA with a 1.88. I pitched about, I think, about 200 innings. Uh, yeah, yeah. And exactly. and, and so uh, so consequently. Uh, it's funny uh, that was in 1950, and boy, I tell you, it's fading because I, I spent two years in the army, which you would like to hear, playing ball in the army.
0: You were uh, <clears throat> so you were in, in in the in the Korean War, right?
2: Right, but I didn't go to Korea. Uh, oh, okay. I was in the medics, and uh, so this is right there in 5051 50, 51. Uh, I went there uh after having that good year at Des Moines. Uh, now, <clears> and, <throat> now in nine. Uh, so i sorry, go ahead.
0: nineteen
2: fifty one? Nineteen fifty one. Well maybe made me because I went in the army, I was in the army from fifty one to fifty three. I was at Fort Sam Houston, I was in the medics but uh there was a we had a terrific athletic teams there. We had football, baseball, all that. Well I was on a baseball team there with, uh, and I was at, I, I was probably number three pitcher on the line, but listen to this. Who was my number one pitcher? Don Newcomb.
0: Yeah, there you go. Don Newcomb, absolutely.
2: And then my, my, my number two pitcher was Bob Turley. Bullet Bob. Bullet Bob, right. You got that right. Yes, sir. Bullet Bob, oh, yeah. He used to throw me batting practice, and I couldn't even get the <laughs> damn bat off the I had shoulder. But anyway... Uh, he, uh, yeah, and that's the team I played with, with Gus Triandos. Do you remember that name? name, 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 name.
0: Uh, the name sounds familiar. I don't know too much about yeah. him, though.
2: Yeah, he was the first baseman. Oh, okay. To catch Yeah. How about Dr. Bobby Brown? Dr. Bobby Brown, Bray- yep. yes, sir. And he was my, it, it, there's another guy that I had an epiphany with, because when I was pitching, and we were ahead of a team by a big score and I was playing around, you know, I was just, you know, doing, trying to learn and do things. And he comes up to me, he's playing third base for us at that time. And he comes up to me and he says, he says, hi, if you want to go into the big leagues and all that, you got to pitch like you're pitching a, a zero, zero ball game. You don't screw around what you've been doing. And that, and that, lasted to me for the rest of my life in playing baseball. I would if we were ahead of by a big score I'd still bear down like it was a nothing nothing game. So Bobby Brown was an interesting uh, factor there because he was a doctor and he went to Korea because he was a doctor. All the other guys he stayed behind playing baseball for, for the army camp and uh, you know, for their entertainment. And we played all over the, you know, we played against Billy Martin, and guys
1: like that when
2: they were in the
0: hobby. So, so you, so know, you na- know these names. Go ahead. Oh no, no, So, so, so you mentioned Billy Martin. Um, Billy was a hard-nosed kind of guy, and I was just going to ask you, when you played against him, was he always the same way as we know Billy today?
2: I, w- I would say yes.
0: Okay, so that that never yes. stopped then.
2: Yeah, he no, he always. You always, you know, try to get on your case or whatever it is. Yeah. uh, uh, And you'll know that maybe I I will talk, I could talk about it too anyway, Michael, later on. Okay. You know, my name, my name, Cohen, was a, uh, uh, when I was playing in the South, I was really a uh, lightning rod for a lot of the haters. You know that. (laughs) Yeah, I can believe it. And uh, and these are the ones that are the present-day haters today are the same guys that this is, I was in the 50s. They're the same. And uh, they would get on my case pretty bad. I could give you some examples later on if you want me to, and I could. But uh, as I say, my name was a lightning rod with the name Cohen. Uh, was, I have to tell you, one kid in the Lorraine, Georgia said, as he stopped me on the street and he said, I understand you're Jewish. He says, where's your tail and your horns?
0: Okay. And uh, you know,
2: yeah, that's a little kid. He was about 12 years old. So I had to educate that kid a little bit. (laughs) I I don't know if it got through, but anyway, so anyway, so I pitched two years in the, in the service. I got out and, uh, uh, my record in the service, p- playing uh, two years was I uh, say thirty three and three. Wow. Uh, was I was in the service wow. and uh, uh, at, I don't know where. Uh, I don't know if there's a, there's a certain book that used to go out for the semi pros in Texas. It had all that stuff with the army bases. So I don't know. So did you,
0: know you, did, you did you return to uh, the major leagues after serving in, in in the military?
2: No, no, I went to the major leagues after I was in the military. Oh, the after, oh, okay, after, yeah. So I had the I had two good I had two good years at Des Moines, and that's where they gave me that completely contract, which was to me, you know, when I showed it to my mother and my father, they they're they they were, they were they were immigrants, you know, they came from Russia and all that. And, they were not in you know, whatever involved and in whatever they wanted me to become a, a lawyer or a doctor or whatever, you know how that goes. <laughs> but uh, uh anyway, no, uh my my father uh is a little aside here, uh, Michael, I will probably do this a lot while I'm talking to you because it brings back some memories to me. Uh that my uh, when I was sixteen years old, uh I was chosen for in New York for the um uh, for the New York baseball team, high school baseball team, even though I never played high school baseball, but they knew me for my what I did in the in the uh, sand lots there, and we played against a team against the world, and uh, so I pitched one inning there, which I understand, which is okay. I, someone has a record of it. Someone found it for me, and I did okay. But the funny thing is, my father was alive at the time. And he knew nothing about any of this stuff he expected. Well, uh, later on when I signed, he he, uh, he, he was waiting for a, a big guy, a Scott to come with a cigar in his mouth to sign me up. So when you, later on. So wait, but when you but signed... He, uh, I was just going to say this. The thing over there, my father was sitting next to Babe Ruth and he didn't know it. Oh, wow. So, and my brothers had to tell him about it, but then my my father said, "Who is he? Wow, <laughs> you know, I, did not know who his birth
0: was wow
2: yeah well you you gotta understand my father had no no interest in baseball Oh, okay he was a hard working guy from the from the uh New York from the uh clothing market anyway uh so uh, what was the question you were going to ask?
0: Me? Yeah, so I was just going to ask you um, when you signed that when they gave you the big league contract, how much was the contract worth at at, at that time for you? Uh,
2: five thousand dollars.
0: Five five thousand dollars a year.
2: Five. That was a min, that was a minimum. Of okay. course, you know what the minimum is today. Yeah, a lot a lot more. <laughs> a minimum is today. What was it? 000, or yeah, $500, 500, five hundred thousand. Yeah, five hundred thousand so, yeah. Could you believe that? Could you believe that?
0: That's a hundred times 100. more than what you were making.
2: Oh, my God. And then they signed me to a contract <laughs> at uh, LaGrange, Georgia, for 250 a month. So, and they gave me a bonus of $700. Okay. Which I gave to my mother at that time, and $700 was a lot of money to, her and to us at that time. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, and... Basically, why I signed was because of the fact that you know we were very poor and yeah, and 700 and and I, and I I had a dream that I would be pitching in the big leagues. I jumped when I was a kid, starting about 12 years old uh, when I was playing you know just playing around, playing stickball you know in Brooklyn. And we used to play stickball a lot and uh, Mickey uh, at that uh, Willie Mays used to play stickball with the guys when he came to New York with the kids and a anyway. Sure. and so, so I was up in felt Baltimore would, Pardon? Uh Babe Ruth was,
0: was up in Baltimore.
2: And he played stickball too?
0: Yeah, yeah. Babe Ruth uh used to play stickball um in Baltimore.
2: Yeah. Uh he was in uh-huh. an orphan. You're right, 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 right. Well that's how I cut my teeth on Babe with a tennis ball, throwing curveballs, you know, things like that. Uh and we would play sewers, you know. We played it as far as sewers we can play. You know, we have sewers in the middle of the street, and so uh, that's basically. Uh, and I dreamt and I felt confident. Well, at seventeen, how could you feel? I felt that I want to give it a shot because at that time I was six foot four, six foot four, I was six foot three, about two twenty wow. at that time.
0: That's that's a big uh, boy. That's, that's a big boy.
2: That's uh, well, I'll tell you. You heard of, uh, 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 what's his name? The actor, uh, the actor played the rifleman. Oh, yeah,
0: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he was a baseball player.
2: That's right. that I played with him. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name now, please, sneak, Mike, give me his name. Mike, Chuck, Chuck Connors, Chuck Connors. Well, Chuck Connors. <laughs> not only that, I played with him. We, and I ruined with him one time on one road trip. When I was with the Los Angeles Angels, and so and Chuck, here's a little interesting story with Chuck and uh, I. I was coming, I came down from uh, from the Cubs. And this was in '55. I came down from the Cubs to play with Los Angeles. They uh, they wanted me to get more experience or whatever. You know how that goes when they send yeah. you down. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, well, a, friend, a guy who I became friends with—I don't know how—but he, he wanted to uh, fix me up with a date when I got down there, uh, and, you know. And he, then he became a big-time radio announcer. And I can't think of his name right now. And he—he uh, he fixed me up with a date, and, and we were playing the Hollywood stars at the time. And so I got. I got into town and I, I got into got to the ballpark. I got into the clubhouse and Chuck is there, and he says, "You know, who's who that? Who's that brought up there?" In the, excuse me. Who's that girl upstairs in the, in the stands? You know, with uh, God, what's his name? Oh, I can't think of it. Terrible for me and, uh, and I said to and I said to Chuck, I said, "Chuck, that's my date tonight." <laughs> and, and he looked at me, and Chuck. Chuck was what we call a womanizer.
1: Yeah. At the
2: time. If yeah. You know what I mean? And Chuck, I, and Chuck looks at me, and you gotta understand this now. And I'm like, like, I'm not squaring off with him. I'm just saying, Chuck, that's my date. And he looks at me, and I'm six five at that time. He's six six. And he said to me, he says, I never knew a Jew got this big.'
1: Ooh. <laughs>
2: but that, he meant that in a good sense. Yeah. Jew. Because I never I never had any problem with that, with the basic, you know, because of my name, with my teammates. <clears throat> the only one that I had a little problem with was when I was in playing any ball. And a guy called me, the, the Jew D, you know, all that stuff. But he was a player. And he was one of the team, I think it was in Muskegon, Michigan. How about that? I can remember that. I can't remember that damn reporter's name. Uh, Anyway, uh, he uh, he yelled a few things at me while I was on the mound. And I had pretty good control. And the idiot was really giving me some stuff. Then he comes up to hit. Mm. And I said, well, I think he's stupid. But what I think I'm gonna do, I think I'm teach him a lesson and I'll teach anybody a lesson. With this. And I threw four or four fastballs that I that he had a duck. And and I had a good control, but I walked him but he had duck. but I threw four fastballs and he had a duck. And I never never heard from him since or that time.
0: And hi, uh so there, there was a um baseball a well known baseball pitcher who died yesterday by the name of Tom Seaver. Might you and oh, yeah. him have uh, been acquainted with with one another? I, I'm not sure if your guys is um, if your career might have ended when his no. started. Um,
2: I would, I, uh, I remember him playing at SC. Okay. So when, uh, when you take for SC, out here. You no, know, this is he's after me. You gotta understand. Like I'm gonna be 90. Yeah. I'm getting old. <laughs> but uh, you yeah. know. I don't feel old. Well, well, you you, you sound
0: you sound great. You sound great for 90. Well, thanks,
2: Michael. I I appreciate that. Yeah, people have told me that at least they could understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, But sometimes I can't recollect some of my memory or something. Uh, I'm trying to remember that because he's a big time. He used to be a big time announcer in L.A. Uh, maybe you probably, when were you here in LA? Oh, no, no. It's, 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 oh, I I, no, I, I would have been
0: after. <laughs> yeah, I I would have been after. Yeah. Oh, what's
2: his name? Ben, what's his name? Is it Vin Scully? Vibe?
0: Who? Is it Vin Scully?
2: Oh, no. not No, I already met him once, but just passing, you know, in oh, some okay. kind of situation. Very nice guy, you know, he was, in my opinion, probably the best baseball announcer because he, he called it the way the game should have been called, you know. Absolutely. He went to say things and went not to say things, and he was terrific. I think he was pretty terrific, and the stories he would tell are terrific.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. One of the greatest storytellers he, ever, yeah.
2: Yeah, he is, uh, and he deserves all the accolades that they give to this guy because he is really a, anyway but this
0: uh, but this yes. announcer but this baseball announcer that you're trying to think of um yes. did he did he broadcast for the Dodgers for the Cubs or anything like that well he
2: used to no, he used to broadcast well he broadcast I well, I knew him when I came down here uh you know from the Cubs uh, but he was announcing for the local team here oh uh Oh, boy, it's on the tip of my tongue. Maybe that name, when it comes up, you may know that he was going to fix me up at this date. But And so happened, so you want to know about this date, I think, that I had that Chuck Connors wanted to, yeah. to try to do something with. But so we went out on a date, and boy, she was really a really nice-looking girl and nice whatever it was. And uh, she had heard on the radio uh, one of the announcers, one of the uh, broadcasters, and not the one that introduced me to her. Uh, I had an interview with him for about uh, 20 minutes when I got down from the Cubs in L.A. And he said, you know, he says, hi, you're, you're, you're 24 years old or something. You're a good-looking guy and all that stuff. Uh, when do you think you're getting married? I said, well, I don't think I'm going to get married until I'm about 30. You know, like that. And I told him that. So this girl heard that on on the radio, and uh, and she looked at me, and you know, we just laughed about it. So, Michael, yes. Two months later, we got married.
0: And you're still married today.
2: Sixty five years. Wow. Wow, sixty five yeah, years. Yeah, still married today. Sixty five years. It was August twenty eighth. August 28th, we got, we were married. Uh, and really, because in the coast we got that time, when you take a road trip, you're away from a week. You're working in San Francisco, Sacramento, Vancouver. You're there a week, and you come back to L.A. for a week. So consequently, we only had really about four or five dates. We're in you know, together. But uh, could you imagine that? Uh, married to the same little, little lady. Little lady well, she wasn't too little then. She was a little taller because, you know, we got a little older. <laughs> And for 65 years, you know, so we had to go through some good times and bad times, which any, any couple does. Sure. Yeah. Which we did. We had our share and, and but yeah, you know, we lived through it and all that stuff. So, sure. uh, and it was, uh, so that was uh, Chuck Connors, my story with Chuck Connors, because, uh, <laughs> because, so, uh, I, mean, so- I could tell you with Chuck, uh, I I, I ran into him a few times later on. You know, he lived in Encino and I lived in Woodland Hills. And you're not, oh, maybe you're familiar with those areas. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely, sure.
2: And uh, at that time, and then when I went into teaching, so I was teaching a junior high uh, in the first first and second years. And guess what? I look at the name on the roster and it says, see, Connors, Connors two of his kids I had in my class. Oh. <laughs> Could you believe that? And Chuck said and you know, Chuck right away I was gonna give him I said, Nope, you know, they gotta be just do what they have to do. If I'm a little tough on them, they have to do what they have to do. Whatever, but but I was teaching P E at the time. Because after I quit playing ball, uh I went back to school, to college and uh, I got my teaching credential and then I went and got my masters in administration. And so, uh, and then I went inside, I taught history, and I taught the health, and, which is another part of my life, which was, uh, I think, probably, uh, at least I did something in my life, teaching and coaching, because I coached uh, fairly well. I coached about, not uh, only not 30 years, I coached most of the 28 years.
0: So, baseball and has pretty much been, been your life then.
2: That's right. I had baseball in high school. And I had football. I had coaching football too a little bit, but high school baseball was my deal. And uh, that's that's a, that's that's a, a situation where one of my kids. I'll tell you this, because you know, after coming down from the big leagues, uh, I always thought that was a failure. And so. Uh, I carried that with me all the time, even though, you know, a lot of people told me, you know, it's not easy to get to the big leagues. In my days, what was the only uh, 16 teams? Yeah. Was only maybe what about 200 guys could play. Oh, what was it? something like that. And, yeah. and I made it, you know, made it, which was a lot of people don't even make it there. Though it was a short say I was there for a short time. But one of my, one of my ball players come up to me and, and said, coach, we didn't know that you, you play with the Cubs. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there for a short time, but, you know, I didn't make it. I didn't, you know, I'm not, you know, I feel like uh, I was a, like a failure. You know, I feel like I didn't, I had I had the, the ability, maybe my mental attitude was different. Maybe because I was facing guys like, well, I'll tell you what I faced, especially at the beginning was, uh, was uh, uh, Stan Musial.
0: Fan, music. And,
2: uh we yep. yeah, kid a you know, kid from twenty four year old kid. Well anyway, I was in Harvard Because uh I used to use him in the on a lottery when I was a little kid, putting up a nickel, getting six hits from Musial and, and DiMaggio and uh who else was that? Uh, Clemente. Roberto Clemente. And yeah, and and I faced those guys. I I faced Clemente, I faced uh uh dark uh, and uh, these guys. So, uh, anyway, amazed I faced, and I struck him out a couple of times. Educated, and, and uh, which was uh, my claim to fame, I guess. <laughs> but uh, but I used to play Scumente, you know. And this this I tell you, this kind of, uh, guy that uh, I told you who's written all those books. Uh, yeah, game wine. He, uh, he, he. I don't know where he found. Though. He found all this stuff. He found even my one, like face Musical, He got two for three off of me. And Shandi's, you know, Shandi's.
0: Red, red Shane Deese, yeah.
2: Shane, yeah. And Al Dark and uh, Boyer. Yeah. And then uh, Clemente went over for one on the pop slide. He found this all out. I just can't believe how he could do this. But anyway, he's an interesting guy. Sometimes. You would like to meet him, maybe over the phone, and talk to him. Absolutely, I would love to, love to. If I, I could give you his phone number if you want. Yeah,
0: how about after after the interview?
2: After, after the interview, remind me about that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm thinking about all that stuff, and I remember facing. Guess who I faced this time? I was well, I was I was on my way down. I was playing with Toronto at the time. And I faced uh, Satchel Page was uh, pitching in Miami. Wow. I faced Satchel Page.
0: That's a name uh, that's pretty familiar here in Kansas City.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. I, how old was he? Let's see. He must have been at least in his 50s, or 60s when he was pitching then for them. And you know he pitched, and I was playing and I hit against him. And you know what, Michael, I hit a shot off of him I thought was going out. <laughs> but it went up uh, up against the uh, fence in, in, in left center and the guy caught it me a little guy from Brooklyn he didn't know for Satchel Page.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes uh, Satchel Paige, uh I think he's the oldest baseball pitcher to ever play baseball
2: right oh yeah, yeah. and the guy I tell you and he still had it you know he still could come with it uh, and I think we beat him that team but anyway he uh, yeah that uh Wow! Um, I've gone right. I've gone. I've gone up and down and whatever. So anything else you want to ask me? Because uh, you know, I did when I retired and uh, went into uh, teaching and coaching. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I had uh, I had good times there. I enjoyed it, and, I, and I, so and when, I like, uh, go ahead.
0: Oh no, no. Uh, so when when you were in Chicago you got to yeah. play with some of the greatest baseball players, be teammates with some of the greatest baseball players. Um, okay, two, of yeah. them, two of them that I recall am reading about, one is Ernie Banks, and yes. the other one was Sparky Anderson.
2: Oh, my God. You mentioned – oh, okay. Ernie Banks, I think – when I got to the Cubs, I think he was there for a year. I'm not sure. Maybe he came down the same time I did.
1: So he was a
2: there. terrific – Ernie was is a terrific guy, was a terrific guy, His yeah, whatever he was. Uh, I got to know him a little better later on in life because he lived in Encino and I lived in uh, Woodland Hills and then I went to Westlake. But he lived in Encino, ran into him a couple of times. And then Sparky Anderson, Sparky Anderson, he lived near me in uh, Westlake. And we got to, t- I got to, uh, we faced each other. He used to give me a hard time, but he used to go do it clean. He was clean. He didn't go into the ethnic stuff. He used to give me a hard time when I was pitching, and he say he got a base hit or whatever, and uh, he would get a base But anyway, he was fine. But afterwards, after we both retired, and even, well, I think he was still working with them. He was managing a little bit then. So, but, we would run each We would run each other in the restaurant or at the post office or something, and we used to face each other when we were in the low minors. He played at Pueblo, and I played at Des Moines. And he was playing second base, and shortstop was Maury Wills.
0: Maury Wills, yep. So,
2: yes, okay. Those are two guys. So listen to this. So that one game I pitched against him, I only threw about uh, 89 balls. I think it's in the paper somewhere. 89 pitches, and most of them were strikes. We played seven and nine innings, and I won, I think, one or nothing or two to nothing. And both, both of them went 0 for 3 0 for 4 on I me. Mean. Wow. Uh, Sparky, every time he would see me, he would hit me in the shoulder and say, you know how? He said, I hit you like I own you. And I said, <laughs> Sparky, you know that's not true. But I let it go with that. But that was our But well, he was such a. I loved the guy. I'm telling you, I loved the guy because he was such an honest guy. And he told me. He said, you know, he says, managing in the big leagues, managing in the National League is a lot tougher than managing in the American League. You know why, of course.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: At i h Yeah. DH. Yep. And he said. He said, all I have to do is put my lineup on, sit down, and watch the game. But when he's managing internationally, he had to he had to be a little bit on 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 his game, and so he told me that was a tough, much tougher. So whatever you hear today about you know the DH and all that, Sparky Anderson said it was so easy managing in the American League that it was not internationally. You can take it from me, whatever. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, I can definitely believe that. Yeah. So and you know I think you know your baseball the way you talk to me so. So you know that when you need to, you need you need a little bit more preparation for when you get into a ball game in the National League. Uh, I'm yeah, that might, what I'm... I'm... Uh, yeah, so you mentioned those two names to me, which brings me bring nice more memories. Every every time, uh, you know, I nearly I nearly remembered the, sports, the sportscaster. the oh, sportscaster, uh... sports. I'm trying to think of it. You know, hi, hi. I'm sure that that'll
0: that'll come to you before you hit your head on the pillow tonight. Oh, that's who that probably, was. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's probably right. You're so right. You're so right, my. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Shoot.
2: Oh, God. Uh, anyway, okay, my. What do you? Oh well, okay. So you know, I did. When my teaching was a pretty much of a, a good thing for me. It was where I was in, involved with a lot of kids. I was in, more or less in the high school level. Uh, only the first two years, I think, I was in junior high. But then I got the coaching at one of the schools we called it. Well, I don't know. If, uh, you've heard of Birmingham High School while you were in, out here. Sure. Did you? Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, so, sure. Birmingham High School, Taft High School, you know, Rosita, and all those other schools there. Well, I taught at Birmingham for for 30 years, and my baseball teams really won a couple of championships when I got there, and uh, and, and and some good ballplayers. I'm I'm another one to tell you that you're only as good as your ballplayers.
1: Yeah, I don't know That's what the coaches
2: or your managers or whatever. If you don't have the ballplayers, like you could be, uh, you could be sparkly innocent. If you don't have your ballplayers, then you still lose. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. so uh, so it's it's cool you have there, and I always have these good teams and my kids I let these kids play, they enjoy themselves, and even some of these kids today tell the straight day I'm ninety, so they have to be at least sometimes in their seventies mm. and one of my pitches i had, he's my lawyer, he's my lawyer now <laughs> uh, uh, and um he's good friends with my with my son jeff uh who, my son's turned sixty. So, uh, wow. and it's amazing. You know that. And then my daughter, she's she's fifty six. I don't know. And you know, my, I'm not going to tell you how old my wife is because she hit me in the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but we're but we're two two hours two two years different, So.
0: Two years difference. All
2: right. All right. All right. So I didn't tell you her <laughs> yeah. so. right. right, right. so age.
0: Either way, uh, I'm two years different.
2: Yeah, my wife Terry has been something else. I tell you, she's well, she's something. Okay, uh, okay. Any, oh yeah. So I was talking about my educ, my my dealing education. Yes, sir. One, uh, one. I enjoyed teaching a lot. Now, it was a little bit different. I, I, sometimes I didn't go through to the way the curriculum they wanted to do uh, through the board or whatever through our uh, system there. Uh, that we have to teach history a certain way. I deviated a lot trying to make sure that uh, the important thing for me when I was teaching was for the kids to understand what the heck I was talking about and to learn something, not to study something from by rote. I I did not like where where you had to uh, take stuff and and try to uh, what's the word I want to use I like the kids to come up with thoughts about what different things what they thought about, especially in history. And so I taught a little differently. I didn't go by rote by by late, by, by, by years or dates or anything like that. And so I taught by concepts and for a lot of other stuff. But that was my way of doing it. Yeah. So I would make sure these kids would learn something, even if they're failing, if they learn something. I don't know how that grabs you, but if uh, they learned something, but you know, I had to be honest and go with my, the rest of the my kids in the class and, and grade them accordingly. But the point what I'm trying to make is that uh, I think they enjoyed it, and most of them didn't. I, you know, I always find someone didn't because of grades, you know. But sure. the, one, one girl came up to me and said, Coach, and I was known as Coach then. She says, you know, uh, it was at the end of the semester, and she says, "You know, I'm, I'm going to college. I'm going to. I want to be a teacher, and I want to be a teacher just like you. And I want to teach history." And I said, "Oh my goodness, you know, I, I got to one kid. Maybe you know, I know I got to more than one kid. But you know, you know something, Michael. To me, it was like pitching a no-hitter. Wow, you know, yeah. The way she just said that, she she she." Enjoyed the way I was teaching, and she wants to emulate that and try to become a teacher. And when she goes to college, well, that's you know that's that's the satisfaction you get out of teaching. Absolutely, and I know I got a lot of kids here who, uh, well, especially some of my baseball kids, you know, uh, because you who know, I I was trying I was trying to big on fundamentals, you know. Sure. And 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 when you go through fundamentals before before the season starts, you don't want to keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it because you want to get in in spring training or whatever they had and then they go from there and enjoy themselves and play the game that's how i felt of course you know some of people will disagree with me but uh, that's how i felt
1: yeah absolutely
2: so so anyway uh anything else you want to know about my personal whatever you want to do as i said i'm open for anything. And I could go rambling on because she could open up some memories for me that you know <laughs> uh, well uh how, how 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 are you gonna do are you gonna, oh I know you're gonna do what you have to do with this whole thing, yeah, after you get it down.
0: Have you thought about writing a writing a book, sir?
2: Uh, you know what it's interesting Michael. no now, if anybody no. this guy Galen, Galen would probably be one of the. Now, you know what it is? a couple of yeah, I had a couple of friends i when I was coaching at birmingham uh Birmingham was and you will understand this here we got the parents the kids from Encino, and Encino was where all the movie actors and all the movie people lived, sure, so I got to meet and some of these kids who played for me, their fathers were actors and actresses, and so I got to know a few of them. Because, you know, you know, they come in and they watch the kids play. I know Dennis Weaver was a very close friend of mine. I don't know, Dennis Weaver, at Ch- at Chester, and in uh, what the hell is that? Oh. oh anyway. Anyway, yeah. And I met, I met a, a few guys, writers and comedians, and uh, 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 let's see, who was Steve Allen. You wouldn't know Steve Allen. Oh, sure, the science the show host. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, his kid played football for me. Oh, wow. Two of his kids. And um, who else? Uh,
0: Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van
2: Dyke, yeah. I uh, uh, got to know him through his kid. Uh, and uh, who else? what I was getting at was basically, um missed my trend of thought, you you delete all this, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I will make sure that it uh, sounds good. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure that you look good. Hi.
2: Okay. I know my son is going to be anxious to hear this. Even Galen is going to. Hear, well, he knows. He, he. I guess the way you do it, you're on podcast, and anybody could hear you.
0: Absolutely. I guess I better do one heck of an editing job
1: then.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because you know my my son. Uh, I guess you, you, uh, you emailed with him together, I think. Yes, sir. Yeah. The, yeah. And my son, he's a, he's I he's uh, I don't know, he's, he's a very successful accountant, you know, especially okay. dealing with, uh, with, uh, uh, with marijuana and all that stuff. My, my
0: dad actually, time. my dad actually just retired from accounting. He was a CPA.
2: Oh, oh, well, so was he, but he, at what time he owned a business. And he owned a big business uh, 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 of silk flowers and all that stuff a long time ago. But then he got out of that, and uh, he was an accountant before. He went into the business. He was a CPA then. He got out of college. And then after 30-some-odd years, he owned a business. And then he wanted to get back in accounting. And he was smart to see where the... uh, cannabis thing was gonna how bigger that could be. And uh and so he he knows all the laws and regulations regarding cannabis. And they all come to him for all, all the different things to find out. So I don't know how much you should say this in the in the podcast. But uh, you have a little background to my son. Uh who did it, he transitioned from owning a business to accounting when he was what, fifty five years old. Wow. So I got to give him a lot of credit for transitioning from owning a business. To, well, he owns a business now in the county, which he I think he bought out the guy he was partners with. And uh, but uh, he is something else uh, to like do that. To do that thing at that age to transition and, and do that successfully, knowing that he would study the laws basically about uh, which and you know they change every year, uh, according to him. And so anyway he'd be, he he's an interesting kid. my daughter also is a very interesting lady she's uh she's, she used to live in Utah but now she moved out here in sun city and she lives up a couple of blocks from us oh gosh gotcha. so she's yeah so she that's been terrific for for us for you know as as we get older you know there are things that uh, she, she, she well she's you know, she's she's a terrific gal and uh um, and and uh, works out of the house. Yes, she do, works into some I don't know what kind of businesses she's in uh, from um, conventions that she used to help put on, put up conventions, put out But now I think it, it's dried out. So anyway, she's she's okay with it, and she's uh, she lives right near us, which is nice. And, and uh, that's why my only two kids, and I have three grandkids who. Uh, no, fun of the funny thing is, one is an accountant. The girl, she's an accountant. <laughs> how about that? Your father wasn't... How come you didn't become an accountant, Michael?
0: It's just numbers did not interest me, dealing with other people's oh, money.
2: That, that, yeah. That's it, that's
0: it, that's it. Numbers did not... That's
2: okay, that's good enough. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, I, I'm just not a numbers account. person, yeah. My other grand... I have three grandkids. The other grandkid is... Uh, He's an in insurance selling insurance, and my youngest grandkid, she just graduated college, and uh, she's she's getting trying to get, get into a business where you know a charity business. So she's uh, so everything is going good. The kids are going good. Everything it
0: sounds like good. it. Yeah, it definitely does sound like it. Yeah. So it sounds like you're you're enjoying life high, and uh, that's how it's meant
2: to be. Well, yeah, it, you know the aches and pains. You know you got to deal with it. Uh, As you know, I told you, I had two hip replacements, uh, one's one's about 20 years old, and I stayed holding. Well, they redid a few here when I was here. But it was because of pitching also, you know, landing on that left left foot all the time. Yeah. I had a long stride, and, you know, I heard that when they were talking about uh, fevers, you know, the way he used to pitch? Yeah. The way he used to wind up? Pitches don't wind up like that anymore. But I did that way. I had a big windup. You know what I'm talking about? A windup. You sure. know, pitches now, they, they go in a stretch and they pitch from a stretch, even from the start. And, uh, but I had that big windup, and so the Seaver's had that big windup. They were Absolutely. talking about that. One of
0: the, yeah. I think Bob Bob Gibson uh, also had that big windup, too. Who was that? But I think Bob Gibson also had that big windup, too. Oh, yeah.
2: Uh, right. Those are the old timers. Yeah, they're the old timers. Uh, uh, okay anything else that I leave out anything anything you want to hear about I don't know how long we've been talking I could talk to you for as long as you want
0: (laughs) well that's about all that I hadn't had had to ask Uh, you've answered every question and you've been more than kind Ty so thank you so much
1: sir
2: well listen I got a feeling you know this is good good for you hope it helps, helps you also in your podcast kind of business and uh, and you, what you said, you you interviewed uh, the, the the gamut of people. The, like,
0: yeah, people <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
2: On different uh, different, uh, I mean, walks of life and all that stuff. So absolutely. Well, anyway, you you went you went for a, for a kid uh, for a kid who had a dream, went to the big leagues and didn't make it because whatever it is wasn't in the stars. Who knows? Yeah. But it all ended up where. I'd ended up and I'm still, I'm still alive and You are uh, at, at this age and I've talked to a lot of pe a lot of my friends, my old who I played with about only three or four are left. You don't know who, the name Bob Speak do you and does that name mean anything to you? you think he, uh, I can't
0: say I do it now.
2: No. well no, no. anyway, he was at the Cubs for a while and we were together in the minors and and we were friends all along and you know, he's still alive and he's brought a little older than me. Some of my friends have died. Well, even Musio has died. All those guys have died. Clemente, of course, we know about that. Yeah. Uh, And Willie Mays is still around. Willie Willie Mays lives out here where I live. How's he doing? In Palm Palm Street. Well, he's a little older than I am, I believe. But he seems he's still alive. He's still alive. Yeah. i I, got to tell you a little story that a friend of mine, I went to see him a few years ago. And he said, you know, I have a friend named Hyde Cohen. He says he he struck you out twice, Willie. And Willie looks at him. He says, I don't even know who he is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for your time, sir. My pleasure. And thanks, thanks, kid. And uh, I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, sir. Okay, kid.
0: Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell your friends. And have them like the Great
1: Scott Podcast Facebook page.